Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Caroline Frost, author of the debut novel, Shadows of Pecan Hollow. Carolyn, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joan. Sure. Well, if someone listening hasn't yet heard about your debut novel, Shadows of Pecan Hollow, how would you describe the novel? Well, it is a uh, Southern story, takes place in Texas between the 1970s and the 1990s. And it's the story of a fierce uh, woman um, and the partner in crime who she can't quite seem to escape. Um, She um, was a foster child uh, and escaped her foster family. Um, only to get picked up by this kind of charismatic Lothario who uh, groomed her to be his partner in crime and then lover. And the story takes place um, in this backstory and also in the present day, um, many years after she has uh, escaped him. And- um, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, and the Pecan Hollow is the name of of the little town where she has, um, where she has sort of scraped together a life with uh, her her teenage daughter. Um, I was just going to ask: Do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write Shadows of Pecan Hollow? I sure do. Yeah, I was. Um, this was ten years ago. Uh, 2012 in like January, and I was going through kind of a tough time in my relationship. Um, you know, in the gosh, 14 years we've been together, we were only broken up for two weeks, and during that those two weeks, <laughs> I wrote a very quick, very furious screenplay uh, called Circle K. It was the original title, and um, that's a I don't know if y'all have circle case but it's a a chain of like yes gas station you know stop and shop and um it was just about this (laughs) very angry woman uh with a lot of violent tendencies and um (laughs) and the bad dude who kind of did her wrong and the story's changed a lot since that time but the seed of kit was born um i think from my own fury (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then, you know, took took um, kind of a life of her own. That's great. Yeah. Well, are you going to have to have another breakup to write another novel? Oh, gosh, I sure hope not. <laughs> I, I'm joking. <laughs> so, so you mentioned writing a, a script. Can, can you tell us what was your writing journey that led you to writing and getting your debut novel published? Well, it was a slow one. It was it was a horse driven journey. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, well, so I wrote the the screenplay, which wasn't really me trying to write a screenplay that I was going to shop around. It was it really was a, an act of kind of emotional processing, and. Um, a screenplay, and I'd never written a screenplay before. It just kind of, I live in Los Angeles. I used to date a screenwriter. My husband's a director. And it, it, it's just sort of kind of as a natural kind of thing for people to do, I guess. And um, it's also a very brisk form. So it's really spare. It's mostly dialogue with just a little bit of exposition. Um, 90 t- pages takes about 90 minutes to read. and um, 
it was just an easy way to dash it off. And then I threw it in a drawer. I just kind of forgot about it. Um, but then after I got married, I think when I was pregnant with my first child, I got this surge of creative energy and um, sat down. And I was just thinking about Kit and thinking about these characters and wanted to get to know them a little bit better, wanted to expand the story. And it was set in in uh, kind of central southeast Texas near the Gulf Coast area um, in Fort Bend County is the specific place where it's set which is where my um, my father lives, which is where I got married. It's where I came when I was one year old and was sort of my first home. And um, very much like the landscape of my dreams. And I thought, oh, gosh, I really want to, I can't put this down in a screenplay. You know, you only hear what the characters say. Um, so I, I just became sort of taken with Kit and taken with the landscape and spent a lot of time developing that. And again, not trying to get published, just really for the sake of writing, spent several years um, chipping away at this story um, in my spare time. And like I said, I was pregnant, so very quickly I didn't have very much spare time. Um, um, but the story compelled me and I kept chipping away at it. And um, I guess chipping away is not really the right word. It was, I was adding <laughs> to it like a sculpture, just bit, bit, bit by bit. And then right around 2018, I'd probably been working on it for, for four years or so. I, um, I just thought, well, man, I put enough time into this. I think I'm going to try to see if anybody wants to read it. So that's when I started looking at agents. And picked up my favorite books and looked at the um, the agents that were thanked and the agencies that were thanked and queried about 30 different agents. And a few came back and asked for pages. And of those few, two offered me representation. Um, so I went with I went with the one who was most senior in her company and uh, who scared me a little bit. Liz <laughs> <laughs> Winnick Rubenstein. She's so wonderful and she's a New Yorker through and through. And um and I just thought, wow, she'll be really good at at negotiating a contract for me. Um and she's she's been just wonderful. That's great. So yeah. are you working on a new novel now? I am, yes. I'm very happy to uh to announce I sold it at the end of the year. Um last year and my third try my third pitch landed um and it's uh, i mean i didn't think i could fall in love with the story as much as i fell in love with with pecan hollow um but i have and uh this world will also be in the 1970s 1977 nashville country music scene uh-huh. That sounds fun. Yeah. Sounds so, fun. so you talked about this writing process. You originally wrote it as a script. Did you then use that kind of as a, uh, for the lack of a better word, kind of a skeleton outline when you decided to turn it into a prose novel? Yes, very much. It it served really nicely um, as as a as an outline, and um, I I only wish it had been a little bit better laid out. Um, because I ended up having to change the structure quite a lot and the characters a lot and, you know, who gets the most screen time got shuffled around. Um, so the, the book that you can read now is very, very different from the, the blueprint. 
Um, but Kit, the soul of Kit, the strings of Kit are are um, almost exactly the same. The first scene that I wrote in the book is the first scene of part two, and it's just a little hungry girl kicking her way down the highway, uh, looking for food and looking for a long lost relative. And um, that's that was the first scene, and it's almost exactly the same as I first wrote it. That's great. Well, what has the publication process been like for you with Shadows of Pecan Hollow? Was there anything that surprised you? Well, it's just been such a treat. Um, I am just here for every minute of it. I I could not be more delighted. Um, I think part of maybe being 41, publishing my first novel, has given me just so much gratitude and so much pleasure in the process of it even even the stuff that you know was a little nerve-wracking um has been just fascinating for me i'm 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 so i'm so excited to get to do this um what has it been like uh it's been well it's been slow the editorial process was really slow um but like i said i've been working on it so long it's like what's two or three more years on top of the seven i've spent on it so far so far um, and, um, having sold it in May of 2020, I think my experience has been a little bit different than people who published be- before that time, um, because of COVID and, um, sure. you know, how, how, you know, people used to more or less, I think, be able to count on a, a, a book tour. I've um, kind of cobbled together my own my own book tour uh, going <laughs> home to Houston, and um, yeah, you're just kind of trying to trying to figure out the safe way to see some readers and get to sign a few books. But um, I'm told that virtual um, book touring can also be really great, and with three little kids at home, uh, I think I'll find it convenient too. That's great. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done gosh it's um <laughs> I, I hardly feel like i'm in a position to to give advice but i'll just say what was useful for me was sure. um delving into the pleasure of it and following the pleasure i think Writing gets such a bad rap, and um, even people who write for a living um, and call themselves writers and authors talk a lot about how hard it is. And it really, it can be. Writing well can take time and be hard, but I've really always tried to follow the pleasure. Follow, And what I mean by that is um, the scenes, the characters, the sensual details, um, those are the things that I try to kind of treat myself to, especially when I'm just getting started for the day. Um, if there is a character that's just hilarious or heartbreaking or 
are treacherous. I and it feels fun to write. I'll start there, um, and that can feel like a really good warm up to whatever technical <laughs> drudgery I might have to get to. You know, plotting and making things feel consistent within the story. Um, sure, but yeah, follow the pleasure. And and what has been your experience of of working on your second novel after all of the years of work that you put in on Shadows of Pecan Hollow? Um, it has been um, well, it's it hasn't been going on for too long. I came up with the idea in <laughs> October, so I've, I've just been outlining and um, kind of uh, fleshing out the characters. And started a little bit of the prose writing, um, but I would say, in a word, organized. It's been much more organized. I have, I think, internalized a sense of uh, story beats and how I want a story to flow, the pacing, you know, at what point does the main conflict um, become apparent to the reader and the, the main character. So I just, I feel, uh, I feel like a sophomore. I mean, I feel like I have slightly more um, knowledge, uh, just enough knowledge to know how little that I have. Um, but I do feel like I have more structure and I'm kind of clinging to structure right now. I'm, I'm really trying to get that outline hammered out um, before I fully commit to the story. That's great. Well, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? Um, the last one I read, let's see, I've read a couple in the last couple of weeks. I read Nickel Boys, Colson Whitehead, uh, mm -hmm. which was just, it's just wonderful. Um, and a tough story and kind of somewhat kindred of the witness in a very different way with, um, with my story of Kent, um, you know, children who are horribly mistreated and how they try to get out of get themselves out of trouble um let's see i read plot um and that was a lot of fun <laughs> surprising have you read it uh, i have and i interviewed the author as well oh you did oh my I gosh did. i have to go yeah. back and listen she's just wonderful yeah, yeah I, she is. I can read her other ones too <laughs> <laughs> that's great well where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your debut novel well, I'm on Instagram. I, I, I was told by my very wise cousin, who's also an author, Catherine Center, that um, the social media game is can take a lot of time away from your writing. So try to pick <laughs> one that you focus on. And uh, so I'm on Instagram mostly. It's uh, Caroline Frost Writer is my handle. And um, I'm also on Twitter, but just not very active. Caro Frost writes. Uh, and then I also have a, a website, which is very um, basic <laughs> because I put it together, <laughs> but it's carolinefrost.com. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Caroline Frost, author of the debut novel, Shadows of Pecan Hollow. The book is available now, so go buy a copy. And Caroline, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you so much, Jeff. This is wonderful. Great. Now, stay tuned for a brief excerpt from the audiobook of Shadows of Pecan Hollow by Caroline Frost, read by Alex McKenna, available from Harper Audio, wherever audiobooks are sold. 
Pecan Hollow, Texas, 1990. Cicadas rattled the pecan trees over the listing ranch house where Kit Walker assessed her opponent, a mass of blackberry brambles. Their vicious tendrils snaked around the back porch, pried up floorboards, and wove between balusters, rendering the back door, now fully obscured by the fearsome thicket, defunct. She sluiced the sweat off her arms and rubbed her palms down the front of her jeans. She could have done this in January, when the scarlet canes had lost their leaves and the crowns would be easy to spot and remove by the fibrous roots. In January, there was no nuclear sun, no cloying, humid air thick with the smells of manure and hot grass. January would have been better. Although Kit was not one to brood, Today, a memory perched on her shoulder, taunting and elusive. A spectral crow that flapped out of sight each time she turned her head. It was a far-off thing, long forgotten, dismissed, or buried. Kit had survived by keeping a keen and suspicious eye on the present. Planning was pointless, regret even more so. No patience for mystery, she dealt in concretes. Could she touch it, swing it, scrub it, crush it? Could she put it in her mouth and taste it? Track it down and skin it? Unless it was in her hands or on her back, unless it had a color or made a sound, she wanted no part. She pulled a few luscious black fruits clustered on the vine and ate them, juicy, sweet, and staining. Compact and mule-strong, her jaw-length hair chopped in a careless arc around her face. Kit looked like an Aztec warrior. Her cheekbones high and sharp, narrow eyes that cut left and right, always scanning. Her skin was an earthy tapestry of marks. Burns and scrapes of wet red if they were fresh. Pale pink and cruddy with scab if they were healing. Nicks on all her knuckles. A crooked scar under her eye like a wink. She plucked the machete from the soft pile of dirt into which she'd plunged it and began to hack. A pair of titbirds darted from their hidden nest, but she carried on. As she ran her blade, choppily at first, then in a long X formation, her mind went clear. The machete an extension of her arms, she sank into the feeling of destroying something that didn't belong. Splinters and twigs sprayed around her, clung to her t-shirt, planted themselves in the layers of her self-cut hair. The tinny clang of the phone sounded from the kitchen. She rarely got calls and resented the interruption. Let it ring, she thought and carried on, slashing doggedly. It pestered ten, eleven times before it stopped. She hacked a great hole in the brush and peeled much of it away from the wall and onto a growing pile of tinder. The finer work of detangling the vines from the balusters she'd save for Charlie, who had more patience for little things. When she began to choke on the soupy air, wet and warm, she took one last slice, staked her machete in the ground, and walked around front for a gulp of water. She exhaled in the cool of the house, a once white clapper two-story built imperfectly, but strong, by its first owners in the teens. The interior was shabby, but inviting.
designed for guests, with wide doorways and halls, big picture windows, a dine-in kitchen that peeked into the formal dining room. Though Kit had lived there for 14 years, it still had the air of being someone else's home. She had neither the desire nor the means to make her mark on the place and had been content to live among the floral walls, fabrics, and other grandmotherly things. She doused a kitchen rag under the tap and ran it behind her neck, down her back, over her collarbone, and stood in front of a dust-heavy tabletop fan. She'd drunk two tall glasses of water, felt her belly swell, when the phone started up again. It was a curse, this phone, a shackle. The school had required her to include a phone number when she enrolled Charlie, years ago, and she regretted it every time they called her. She had never gotten used to the idea that people should know where you were at any moment, be able to reach you on a whim. She was about to pick it up and slam it right back into its cradle until, remembering Charlie, she picked up. She unhooked the pale blue receiver from its mount on the wall. A woman cleared her throat on the other end. Ms. Walker, this is Lorraine Fowler, said the principal of Charlie's school, her voice dull and detached. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.